guess Ellie told you where I was. She said you were heading in this direction. I thought I'd never see you again. You just didn't seem any point in carrying on. Why don't you get down from there and we'll talk about it? So welcome to Series 2, Episode 38 of Conversation Inga Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host Lance and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Maggie. Hi. We have episode notes done by Matt and myself. So series two, episode 38, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by Julian McSweeney. And the episode synopsis were read out by Sabine. Jack enters the lion's den, and Chloe becomes increasingly worried about Trudy's treatment of Patsy. Meanwhile, Lex tries to let Alice down gently. Okay. Can I just say how happy I was when I realized what episode we were watching today, you guys? I don't know how I felt about it. Once I oh my gosh, you guys. Finally, my ship has arrived. Finally, a relationship that I can back up. That to this day, I still support. That was tremendously yes. well written and well acted and just... I'm, 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 it was beautiful. I'll say that. Dancing on a freaking cloud. Yeah, that part was seriously. Beautiful. The first part yeah. I could have done without. Yeah, to mention the first part, didn't you? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, there is a massive contrast to Caleb <laughs> and Michelle's <laughs> acting, and then what you see from Victoria yeah. and Ryan, in <laughs> my opinion. But yeah, we'll go <laughs> to that. But yeah, unfortunately, you're going to have to start with the other thing. <laughs> So Celine races to find Ryan at the bridge, where he mentions that he doesn't see a reason to go on. But on seeing her reaction, that she was afraid of not seeing him again, he tells her that he wasn't going to jump. He was just trying to decide which way to go. And when Celine later catches a glimpse of the note he was writing to her, he tells her that it's nothing. And he, when she's not looking, he throws it away. So panel, we need to talk about that. So how do you feel about Ryan covering up his intentions at the bridge and the kind of way he's still kind of protecting Celine even then. I think she deserved it. That ungrateful little cow. That's exactly it. You know, it kind of, I feel for Ryan even more. You know, like it breaks my heart. The whole scene, you know, from the very moment that it started, it was breaking my heart, you know. And to see how he still was more concerned about her feelings than he was his own. Mm. And even, I think he even knew that she wasn't going to understand, you know, where he was coming from and she was going to take it in a selfish tone because she has already. Um, I just, it, I don't like the entire thing. I don't like Celine Sudden, you know, like she was just throwing herself at brain, more or less, you know, and then for her to, to be acting so lovey-dovey and, oh my God, I'm so worried about you. You know, you may have been worried, but not in the extent that he needed you to be, I guess. To me, it always came across as her going to Ryan with a, no, don't jump. How could you do that to me? Exactly. That, that's what it felt like. How it, how he was doing something that would hurt her, not about yes the 20,000 ways in which she hurt him. Yeah. That's how I felt. I It felt like it came straight out of an abuser's playbook. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, like everything from how they can push you with their abuse regardless of what kind it is, until you break, until you're ready to quit. Whatever it is, as soon as you're ready to escape the situation, end the relationship, run away, whatever it is you're planning on doing, 
that's when they'll pull back and love bomb you and be like, how could you do this? What made you want to leave me? I love you so much. And and then, you know, finally the abuse that you get a break from it. And you're just so grateful. You don't even realize how you're being manipulated in that moment. And you're just so glad that they're not coming at you anymore. And um, yeah, oh, Celine immediately makes this about her. How could you think of leaving me doing this yeah. to mm-hmm. me? Um, she is not concerned whatsoever with whatever would drive Ryan to be where he is. She's not concerned with that at all. She doesn't want to address what has driven Ryan where he is. You'll notice that Ryan is taking the stance of a deer in the headlights. He's the one, he immediately apologizes. He's so grateful that she's happy to see him. He breaks down and says, I'm sorry. He's apologizing for what she's been putting him through. Mm. And and yeah, she yeah. she rewards him. She's broken him, so she rewards him and puts mm-hmm. her arms around him. You'll notice not once does Celine say, "I'm sorry, this got out of hand. No. I was angry, and I, I while I had a right to be angry, I shouldn't have taken it where I did." No, she never once acknowledges mm-hmm. her part in this. When Ryan he says, "You know, this is my fault," instead of being like, you know, like addressing. She just goes, no, no, it was both of our faults. But again, she never apologizes. Right. Uh, so you know she doesn't believe it's both of their faults. Mm-hmm. She's placating him to get him back under her control and where she wants him to be. And Ryan is behaving like an abuse victim. It's not just that he's protecting Celine by hiding what he was actually doing. It's the fear of upsetting her yes. again. Yeah. Yep. And you yep. do that with your abuser. You start to just, you won't, he knows he can't be honest with her. He can't tell her, I felt suicidal right. for Pete's sake. That's where this pushed me. Yeah. I wanted to end everything. I couldn't go on. He can't tell her that. It would open another crevice. He's afraid of her reaction. So he hides it, you know, and, oh, everything's fine. I was, <laughs> I was, no, it wasn't like that. Of course not, because I'm terrified of how you'll react if I'm honest with you again. I've learned my lesson. I won't ever be honest with you again. You know. Yeah, she, you know, is definitely Mm -hmm. displayed a behavior, you know, a pattern in this type of behavior. And she's being nice. He's so grateful for it. He doesn't want anything to ruin it, so he's just going to go along and let her drag her him back. And you'll notice that continues to the episode how he's Ryan looks like he's relieved to be with Celine, but he looks like someone who is walking on pins and needles to me. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And yeah. you are 100% right about the love bombing and the gaslighting. Yeah. Um, and she does do this. She tends to do this each time that they have some big thing happen in the relationship um, where she pushes him and she pushes him and she pushes him away. And and then finally she sees that, oh, he's he's at his, you know, the breaking point. And then she pulls him back in and she love, love bombs him until he's, you know, pleased with the fact that She's just giving him attention again. And then she gives him that little bit of information, that little bit of talking to, you know, explaining why it got to that point, right? But not taking any blame. And and she will continue to do that. It's just giving him those little bits to keep him happy, you know. Um, and I feel like she does this with more than just him, too. This is something that she does in a lot of her relationships. Um, but I just... Th- this. I, it just makes me dislike her more and more, and it breaks my heart for Ryan. Uh, he doesn't deserve this. He never did. I do wonder what the writers were going for when they wrote this, when they wrote Celine like this. Yeah. Because, you know, not every writer is aware of the character they're writing. Mm-hmm. We've seen that plenty of times, especially in this show. 
And I'm just wondering if this was consciously done, did they realize what they were writing when they wrote Celine this way? Or did they honestly believe she's just a teenage girl? This is how teenagers right. behave. And I just, I'm just curious about that. Like, I, kudos right. if they recognized, yes, this is what we're going for. But I do wonder, because I've seen the writing in other areas where they don't seem to be aware of yeah. um, the character they've written. And I just wonder. That is curious. You know, who knows? <laughs> that just made me so sad to see him standing there, though. Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. And and in the moment she came there and he started crying more when he got down. When, because, you know, at first I thought, is he crying because she did come back to him? She went after him? Or is he crying because, okay, he knows he can't do this now with her here? Um, and he has to go back. You know, I really think that, you know, knowing Ryan and knowing the kind of, you know, person mm -hmm. that he is, um, I think it was just genuinely he was relieved yeah. that she was there. You know, he was relieved that she showed up because he didn't think that she was going to, you know, like he mm -hmm. really thought this was it. And Celine is his everything. Yeah. He has thrown himself into this relationship with Celine ever since the first season, you know, the since that that train car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's been them too. And I think, you know, he was, he was genuinely relieved that she was there, uh, which makes it all the more sad because she's not there for him. She's there for herself. Uh, and the way he reminisces about, you know, how it was easier in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh boy, you really, you miss your friends the way they were. You miss Sandra. Yes. But it's so good to see it finally addressed in the show. Yeah. You know, by by, I don't know if it was just by Ryan. I feel like it was by a couple people. Yeah, that it's it's not what it used to be. You he know, spoke what I was thinking. Like I yeah. felt the same way when he said that we used to be a family. We used to yes. care about each other. Yeah, and I was just like, yeah, you guys used to really actually care about each other. Yes, you, it was you against the world, and so mm -hmm. you had no one else. You had to work together. And even though it sucked, as Celine rightfully points out, it was scary. I get why Ryan feels that way. You know, me too. Yeah. yeah. It, it's an interesting thing, though, because during this whole episode, we see it come back and back again that Zandra, who's not often mentioned, is suddenly yeah, b back on people's minds again. Well, you know. Just in the little things. I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with the behind the scenes. You know, they got to set mm -hmm. the tone with uh, Alice and, and Lex yeah, yeah. and how Alice is dressing. Well, the theme, you know. We have two major storylines that are focused yeah. that the past comes back. Yeah. yeah. So it's a nice through line of what came before this reminder. Just, you know, they probably do have these thoughts, you know what I mean, about these yeah. characters. We just don't get to see them. I just mean, I'm glad they're finally yeah. doing that in this episode just throughout a lot of the things that are happening here. We just get these little links to the past, to mm -hmm. things that happened in season one that we don't really refer to anymore. Yeah, it's good to know that they're just not forgotten, you know? Yeah. And it is nice to hear Zandra's name, even if she drove me crazy. Yeah, but it's just, you know, with everything. We hear Amber all the time. Well, we used to. Yeah. Exactly, and now it's just... We used to. Now it's someone else's name. <laughs> and again, I think that's the hardest part of losing people, is getting used to them just not being there. Yeah. So that is a realistic depiction of just having to move on. You know? Yeah, yeah, it is. 
it absolutely is. It's just, you know, nice to see everyone just having a tiny moment of reflection on the past. You know what kind of made me sad? I was just thinking about it as you guys were talking. Um, it's, it's when Ryan and Celine get back and then Lex was like, oh, I didn't even realise you were gone. Yeah. It, it just kind of hits home just how uh, isolated and alone yeah. Ryan really is. <laughs> that, yeah, poor guy. <laughs> that is sad. I was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's kind of true. He's, he literally has no one. He's put no everything into yeah. Celine. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, he has. I mean, and... And he did say that to Ellie earlier with a, yeah, I, d- I don't feel like I have any friends. Right. You know, it just, I think it solidifies it even more having Lex not even realize that his best friend was, mm-hmm. was gone, you know? Mm. Oh, that's, that's, that sucks. But yeah, it makes sense that Ryan feels that alone if people, if even Lex doesn't notice he's gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Lex, so... But yeah, it is depressing. It is sad. Um, it's even sadder that Lex just said it. Yeah, that's sort of the sort. That's the sort of thing you keep to yourself. Who says that? Yeah, I don't think Lex has much of a filter. He's not and good in social situations. It's you're made aware this person has been missing for a while. You don't say out loud to their face, "Oh, I didn't even notice you were gone." <laughs> <sighs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think it, it seems fitting for Lex, though. Yeah, it does seem fitting for Lex, but I think it further, you know, it presses this this divide between Lex and mm-hmm. Ryan, and and this drive to where Ryan ends up. You know, yeah. Honestly, if Lex wasn't so abusive to Ryan himself, I would argue that this was a part of Celine, the abuser's playbook to isolate yeah. Ryan from his friends. But, but Lex is just it, he is abusive. So, <laughs> but I was just like, wow, you know, this poor. And he's guy. always been a grade A butthole. You know? Why? Why? Poor Ryan. Jeez. Poor Ryan. Yeah. And then he starts sticking up for himself. And look, he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't have a girlfriend. Cut this kid a break. Jeez, poor guy. Him and Alice for the win. No other. Yep. Yep. I mean, so when Celine and Ryan do get back, after mentioning that Ryan did apologize for saying that Celine wanted Bray's baby, she her her expression. It was left kind of rather vague, kind of hinting that there was still truth to Ryan's words, even though she won't admit it. And then we later see them in bed, um, and Celine seems very happy, but Ryan is very kind of downbeat and despondent. Um, yeah, what did you make of that last bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that stood out. Oh. Like When you look at that image out of context, like you just happen to find a screenshot of it. It's very beautiful. The lighting, the com- com- composition of it, the both of them facing the camera. It's very beautiful. But yeah, when you have the context and you're actually paying attention, Celine is, she got what she wanted. She got mm-hmm. Ryan literally on his knees begging for mercy. Yes. And so suddenly she is just effusive with her love and her affection and pawing at him and petting at him and just, oh my gosh, and reminiscing about how wonderful everything is. And um, and then you have Ryan who is facing away from her. Look at his body language. His arms are crossed in a protective position. His face barely moves. Ryan is terrified of disturbing the peace. He's afraid <sighs> every word that Celine says is a mind he might accidentally step on and explode into another conflict. He is just being careful. That's all he's doing. He's just being careful. Yeah. He hasn't resolved anything for himself. 
he he hasn't been able to actually discuss the things he wanted to discuss. He he's still living with these feelings of wanting to end his own life. And he has no one to talk to about that, no one to help him work through those emotions. He just has to internalize the pain he's been feeling because Celine's happy again. And that's all he wants. Mm. Yep. That's a disturbing scene. He looks like he's afraid he's about to be punched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's pretty gross. I don't I don't care for it. I and it, and she just and it's that she's continuing to, you know, shower him in love and affection and Yeah. The the more I look at it, the more I have issues with yeah, this relationship more than anything well, most of the things that Alex does. Yeah, this relationship is really screwed. And that's saying something. My only issue with this relationship is that if you're really not paying attention, and a lot of young people wouldn't be that you wouldn't realize what the undercurrent is in this relationship. Mm -hmm. You would not say this is an abusive relationship. You'd say it's annoying. Oh, it kind of gets on my nerves, but I really ship Ryan and Celine and they're so cute and they're so lovely. And you wouldn't even recognize because of the way this abuse is couched in such a realistic element of what abuse actually looks like that most of us do not recognize until we're full grown adults. You know, so I do think there's something frightening about it. Um, because it's easy to not realize that's what you're seeing until yeah. you're older and then you have some experience in life and then you realize, oh my gosh, that was an abusive relationship. I didn't know that, you know, and so it's actually scarier and more insidious. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I fully remember growing up, I just was like, oh, Ryan and Celine, yeah, they're, they're so sweet together and all that he takes care of her and they take care of Chloe and Patsy together and all, everything would have been okay. If it hadn't been for the chosen, you know, yeah. and then looking at it now, it's like, yeah, how on earth did I miss that part back then? It's probably because it was more focused on other characters, but just it's inter interesting to see how different it feels when you're older. Yeah, for sure. If it was on purpose, kudos, because they did a brilliant job writing it. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it is one of the most realistic depictions of domestic abuse on the emotional level I've ever seen put in a show that's aimed at such a young audience where it's not there's no there's no you know sign going in front of the audience telling you what's happening you know it's so subtle and that's what real abuse is like it's obvious when lex is being abusive to someone he and uh, zondra's relationship it was so obvious that this was an abusive unhealthy toxic relationship Ryan and Celine, it is not obvious. It, it's the way Jack treats people. It's not obvious that he's being an abusive person, you know, and uh, it's no wonder you don't pick up on it. Hell, I was a young adult myself and I didn't exactly pick up on it. I might have felt a certain way, but I didn't know why I felt a certain way, you know, mm -hmm. and then I got a little older and then you have some more experience and it was like, oh, <laughs> that's what I was seeing the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just to think about it, about it nowadays, an episode like this would come with trigger warnings and and numbers of help desk helplines for domestic abuse. Yeah. At the end of the titles. Yep. No, it's it's crazy, but I I do for me personally and knowing the show, you know, I'm like, all right, well, this is it. This is where I no longer have to try to like them anymore mm -hmm. because from here on out, Celine is toxic and she's toxic up front. You know, like mm -hmm. we sat it. <laughs> she doesn't do anything good from here on out is in my opinion, as far as her and Ryan's relationship goes. 
I just hate that this whole conflict, when it ends, like I, I feel like you know Celine could have redeemed herself with resolving this conflict if she'd been willing to admit her folly and the way she'd handled things. Mm -hmm. Then I could say they were stepping yeah. in the right direction of actually yeah. resolving things, and then I could say that all of Celine's behavior was her having to make the steps to get here and recognize that she'd been in the wrong or whatever. Um, as well as Ryan being in the wrong. But the fact that Celine doesn't have any of those conflicts whatsoever, doesn't admit to any of that, that Celine is able to just be like, I'm over it. You need to come home. How could yeah. you think of leaving me? And then be so happy that he's in her bed again and talking like she's got all the answers to what would fix their relationship and lacking all this self-awareness. It's just so creepy seeing her like that and it was like just yesterday like Maggie said you were coming on to Bray like would there have been any resolution if Brian had stayed in the mall if he had still been there trying to get you to talk to him and trying to resolve this nope. would there have been no or would you have stayed in your angry state torturing this guy once again this this doesn't end until she just doesn't feel like fighting about it anymore yes Yep, and I'm like, that's what really grosses me out about it. And just think about it: if if Bray would have, you know, done what Celine wanted, what would have happened to poor Ryan? Nothing. She wouldn't have. She literally would not have looked back. No, because I I feel like she's got that one track mind. No, but I mean, he would still have been on that bridge, but she wouldn't have been there to stop him. I know, but Celine is, you know, she can only see what is directly in front of her nose. And in that moment, it was Bray. Yeah. It wasn't Ryan. So I do apologize to the Ryan and Celine shippers out there. I tried to stay in your corner for as long as it was feasibly possible to it support no and defend this relationship. But I no longer can. I'm sorry. Oh, we have reached the wall. Tribe Mama is no it's longer in that camp. <laughs> it is. Nope. I gave it a good fighting chance. You guys saw. You did. You did. Yeah. You held yeah, off yeah, as yeah, long yeah. as you could. Absolutely. <laughs> I, did, I did it for Annie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. For Annie. I did it for Annie and Karen. I love you guys. Love you. Bless you. Get in here now. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this place secure. And, and, and what do I find? I can just... Walk into Ebony Suite in, in broad daylight, and no one, no one even even tries to stop me. You're just gonna have to try hard, harder. Just get out. Okay, yeah. Let's, let's talk about Jack because he starts work for Ebony in the hotel, and he manages to find an opportunity to plant the bug that Bray and Danny gave him in her private quarters. However, Ebony catches him, and he has to think quick on his feet to come up with an excuse for being there, telling her he was testing security and Bray in the militia. For allowing him to get inside. See, a panel, I mean, we see just how stressed and panicky Jack was. I mean, anyone care? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's terrified of Ebony, and I do feel bad for him. I just have to, it's just, I feel horrible for him, but it's so adorable how awkwardly he tries to get to beat a big man and order the militia around. It's just, it's fun to watch. I can't help he, he it. He definitely, he definitely did his best. You know, I do, I do feel bad for him though. You know, a little <laughs> bit because he may be a, a little turd nugget to most people, right? I don't think he is just. I don't think Jack is a bad person. He just lacks no. social skills. 
He has a lot of growing up to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? So I don't wish him this type of anxiety. Like, this poor kid is probably on the verge of having a stroke, a heart attack. <laughs> I don't know. He's going to mm. die of fear in a closet somewhere, poor guy. I feel I feel bad for him in the sense that these guys genuinely feel like he he's he's in danger. They all feel yeah. like they're in danger of Ebony. Jack has every right to believe that if he got caught, she would do something horrible. To- yeah, she tried to kill we can't ignore the fact she tried to kill someone, you know, and right. they're all aware of that. And they just throw him. Let's not forget, he's the one who suggested that they kill Ebony or let her starve when they first caught her in the mall. <laughs> and I just, I don't like the way they throw him into this. This isn't, Jack didn't volunteer. He wasn't given the opportunity to volunteer. He hasn't been given any safe words or an escape route if something goes wrong. And nobody cares about the danger they've put him in that really does bother me you guys are so worried about ebony but you are not concerned of what would happen to jack when he's there unsupervised unprotected you just put him with someone that you think is a deadly force and a danger to you and you have nothing to protect him you no safeguards no way he can signal you if he's imprisoned by her right you know and and you're not even taking his legitimate fear and concern seriously and it's easy for them to do this you know they're not putting themselves on the block and jack is just supposed to do it and um i just don't think that's right for anyone you know what i mean Uh, i do like you know i get it they're playing it for comedy but it's like it's not that funny when she actually is as dangerous as jack feels she Mm -hmm. is yeah (laughs) but i'll give michael credit for the comedic tone he plays he plays it really well yes and i do love that scene because ebony is looking at him the way every parent looks at their kid when they come up with a good lie that you know is a lie but you're so impressed at their lie that you're like you know what okay little padawan i'm gonna give you points i'm gonna let this go because i'm impressed at how quickly you thought up that lie okay okay you got me like that's the way she's looking at him she knows he's full of bs like that was kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah, just just a little bit proud, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Points to you. At least he picked something up. Well, she's always been one to be able to be like, "Yeah, you're a good player." You know. Mm-hmm. So she appreciates that. Yeah. Given my children that look so many times, like my goodness, young grasshopper, oh, you are learning. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna let this one slide. <laughs> yeah, like you want to be mad, but you just gone because. You know, I'm just proud of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if you're going to try to be mad, you might burst out in laughter. Okay, you got me. You got the tater. I, I just feel so bad for the poor guy. Everyone just acts like he's expendable. And he isn't. That's they what's do. really messed up. Like, what would yeah. you do if Ebony did something to Jack? Y'all would be screwed. What if she brainwashed him? What if she, you know, Stockholm syndrome him? Like, oh. and he was on their side now. You can't even oh. use the argument that you think she wouldn't do it. Come on. You guys know she, <laughs> she would. So. She would do anything. Anything. Like, she's capable of anything. What do you, what's going to happen if she catches Jack doing something she doesn't like and decides to immediately punish him for it? What are you guys going to do? How are you going to get him back? And just, just think about it. Out of everyone in that mall, which person is the least expendable? Yeah. What would what would they do if their water filter broke down or <laughs> if they didn't have Jack to fix things? Just yeah, for, for a guy that's that useful, they're 
They're very careless with him. <sighs> yeah. I mean, Danny's not doing anything. Let her ingratiate Danny's her not way doing anything. into she dealing with Ebony. Make that part <laughs> of the deal. Like, Ebony, if you plan on leaving us, one of us has got to be spending time with you and liaison with you. You know, you could have easily made that part of the deal. Give it, give Danny something to do. She and Ebony have great byplay with each other, you know? Show us what Danny is useful for, please. I need to know what she was intended for. Oh, like, see, we're going to get to that. I'm going to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> I have the answer. I have it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, the date. Okay, so Alice goes to Trudy for help in finding something to wear for her so-called date with Lex, while Lex is more concerned with making sure nobody knows about it, conceding to Bray regarding Billy Boy's ban from the market when he thinks Bray's going to spill the beans during the meeting. And on to the date itself, Lex tries to talk to Alice about his true feelings, but she thinks he's trying to talk about the decision on Billy Boy and steers conversation in that direction instead. So yeah, panel, um, what did you make of the date between Lex and Alice? I don't know. Second hand embarrassment. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, on, on both of their parts, you know, Lex could have at any point taken back control of the conversation and said what needed to be said. But I guess, you know, he didn't want to embarrass her. It's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to do when you're in the moment. It's easy afterward. We've all been there where it's like afterward, we know we know how we could have approached it. But when Mm -hmm. you're in it and you're kind of just like, I don't know, especially since this is a new thing for Lex, not trying to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah, it's it's no, it's so different because it proves once more that he does care deeply about Alice as a friend, you know, because he's not being his normal jackass self. Then she'll kick his butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that too. I have dated a few boys who were afraid of my aggressiveness and were genuinely afraid that I would get physical if they told me I, I don't want to be your boyfriend. <laughs> so, you know, I've been in Alice's shoes where I'm just like, oh, he likes me. He's, just, he's terrified. That's all. I, I have to say, especially with the lead up to this and the stuff between Bray and Lex, I just... Sorry, but that was entertaining. See, this is where Danny's power comes in. See, Um, I was watching that Uh whole scene with Bray (laughs) and how he manages to play Lex. And I was like, wow, that was such a season one Bray move. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. first he lulled Lex into a sense of false security when Lex is like, what were you talking about? What what was all that about? And he's like, nothing. I just heard you and Alice were going out. And he's like, who did you tell? And he's like, I didn't tell anyone, Lex. It's not my business. And that leaves Lex with a sense of false security. And it's not until the meeting in front of everyone when Bray gives Lex the opportunity to meet him halfway on the Billy Boy thing and Lex still holds firm. That's when Bray goes, well, you know, fine, you know, have fun on your date. And that's when Lex, and I was like, Bray, (laughs) I haven't seen you use your brain like this in so long. And then when Danny confronts him and says, what do you have on him? How'd you get him to do that? And he's like, oh, sorry, I can't tell you. It's, you know, and I was like, that's what happened. Danny was only ever here to give Bray his mojo back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he okay. sucked it yep. out of her. He and did, he, all right. Dude, Maggie, in that moment, he literally looked at him and said, Danny, you don't do the thinking for me anymore. Bye. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I see you. Did you see her expression? <laughs> she managed to get his brains back to where they belong. She's like, wow, he totally doesn't need me anymore. <laughs> oh, 
too bad. And it was like, and that's sad. Mm. That's sad that you say that though. And now I feel just a little bit bad for Danny, and I don't, <laughs> I don't like that anymore. Okay, um, Even because the writers are like, I know Danny, that's all right? you were ever for, <laughs> right? And like we see that, we see that, you know, at the end of season two, how they just kind of like, all right, bye, Danny, and even Brace is like, all right, purpose. bye, Danny. You know, this is the setup for that. This is the start of it. Gosh, Liz. Bray is dancing around the mall in total control, using his brain. He is. And Danny's like, hey, yeah. hon, where, where, are you, where are you going? Can I have a kiss? And he's like, no. Nope. I'm hide and seek with, with Lex. No. See ya. <laughs> Bye. Like, oh, my gosh. No. I, I mean, oh. she did, she did, Danny did for Bray what season one Tyson did, did for, for Lex, Lex. But it actually worked. For the good of the tribe. Tyson was a discarded, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, mm -hmm. Poor Danny oh. gets thrown away like an old toothpaste tube. Like, sorry. Legit. And you're right. This is absolutely the start of it, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, they try to push Danny into being her own character. I don't, I still don't know what she, it's fine. Well, we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Well, we got a few more episodes. <laughs> I was so when I saw that I was like, "Oh my gosh, it all makes sense now." It does. It does. Oh, Even Lord. Danny realizes in this moment why she was brought home within hours of Amber's death. She's watching Ray just skip away happily. She's oh, like, oh. Can, yeah. Can I just say that was sad? That final <laughs> shot of Danny looking at the floor <laughs> dejected when she realized she wasn't going to get information from Bray. I was like, damn, writers. <laughs> That's so sad. And literally, you it can tell harsh. Danny realizes she's going to have to find something to fight with him about again because it's the <laughs> only <laughs> way she can get his attention. Yeah, that's not going to work. I mean, she gave up the only thing she had going for her. She's going to have to get mad at him about something again, and then Bray will pay attention to her. She can't blame it on Ebony. Ebony's gone from the mall, so she doesn't have yep. Ebony for their conflict. She's going to have to wait for something else for there to be a conflict between them, because that's the only way she will have Bray's they, attention yeah. from now on. So they can go do things in the, in the hammock. His batteries have been re recharged. He doesn't need her anymore. Well, that's why they got to fight, right? And then they got to have when, that nice makeup hammock time. When Bray is in a healthy state of mind, he does prefer his partner to be an in like an independent unit yeah. of him. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's not really clingy when it comes to love. When he's okay, when he's okay. Honestly, Danny caught him in a very vulnerable emotional state, and he was clingy, and he latched on. And so she's seeing Bray in a healthy state of mind for the first time, and she's just like, "But what about me?" And he's like, "What about you? <laughs> Go do something." <laughs> Go hold court or whatever it is you do. <laughs> Go be useful. He still hasn't even moved into the same room with her for Pete's sake, man. He's like, have fun with the art supplies. He's got commitment issues, okay? Mm-hmm. Gosh. Last woman he committed to got blown up. Yeah, a little bit bad for Danny, but at the same time, I think I take as much joy in that scene as I did in the moment where she realized the mall rats didn't have control any longer. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm like, girls, what you get? You act like a butthead, bad things happen. I do wonder why the writers chose to direct the scene that way, because that could have just been a playful scene between a couple, you know, mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you, you cheeky bugger, you're keeping a secret from me. But the fact that Danny responds so sadly says something like that was a, an obvious choice to make, to have her respond to Bray being like, it's no big deal. It's my secret. Don't worry about it. And he's being playful. And her response is genuinely like, 
despondence of being left yeah. out of the loop. And I'm like, someone chose that purposely. What were the writers going for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's like, what do you have to be sad about, Danny? Like, shouldn't you be like kind of happy that your partner got something done and you did it well and you're just like, oh, you, you know, why are you sad, Danny? Are you jealous of Lex too? Oh. <laughs> it's either, you know, well, she's either sad or she blows up, you know? Yeah. Like, we could have had the latter end of it where she got mad that he was keeping a secret from her. Because you don't keep secrets. <laughs> ever. Don't, you, don't lie, you don't lie to her ever, okay? Never, <laughs> ever lie to her. Uh, Maggie, all I've heard in my head all week is, liar says what? <laughs> <laughs> Back to Lex and Alice's date, though. Oh. Um, again, oh, yeah. The, the, oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the cringe is strong. I, I feel bad for the both of them, but I feel worse, actually, believe it or not, for Lex. Yeah. Just because he has not given any of the signals that Alice has chosen to translate that way for herself. Mm -hmm. So she can't even pretend she was misled. You know, um, she's, she's dictating that this is a date. She was the one who called it a date from the first place. She's the one behaving like this, even though Lex really, the, I think it, I was, that's the best way to put it. She is lacking enthusiastic consent. She's basically seeing as the absence of no and not realizing that that doesn't mean it's been a yes. Yeah. Just because someone doesn't say no doesn't mean they're agreeing to something. You're basically at that point just tugging them along because they haven't resisted you. You know what I mean? And um, right. So it's just like you can't even she can't even tell herself later that Lex led her on. because It's like, no, you led him because he didn't fight you on it. You know what I mean? And uh, you could almost, if it weren't anyone but Alice, I would say Lex was being manipulated into a relationship he doesn't want. It is Alice. I know that's not what she's trying to do. But this behavior could definitely be seen as manipulating someone into doing the things you want to do by simply ignoring the absence of no. I mean, like, well, they didn't fight me on it. So, I, yeah. you know, meant they wanted to do it. And um, yeah. It always does make me wonder if that's what Alex was used to, you know, just being cold-heartedly rejected, and that's not what Lex is doing, so he must be okay with it. It, it feels like that's what he's telling herself. That's possible. Mm -hmm. Again, like I said, if it was anyone other than Alice, I would see it mm -hmm. was very messed up and dark and nefarious, but I, I trust Alice, and I know that's not what she's trying to do. It's just a shame on both of their she's parts. Just yeah, yeah she, she's just reading way too much into it. Maybe she's never had like a genuine like friendship with a boy before, you know, and Lex is nice to her. Mm -hmm. So she's seeing that he's nice to her. And why would he be nice to her if he wasn't interested in her? And you're right. He hasn't said no. You know, he hasn't said it outright. Um, so I, I feel for her. Uh, I, I feel for Lex. I do think that Lex was genuinely trying to spare her feelings. Yeah. Not embarrass her, you know, not not hurt her. But he doesn't know how to do that because every other woman, he's just outright told them, you know, he had no problem hurting their feelings no. and telling them the truth, like, you know, being being harsh about it. But with and Alice, he, he can't do it. might be feelings were hurt. Yeah. Like, what? You had feelings? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But with <laughs> Alice, he's genuinely conscious of the fact that he doesn't want to hurt her. It's a it's a really difficult situation, I think, for a lot of people. And it's incredibly relatable. 
Yes. It's an easy mm-hmm. conundrum to find yourself in to not to have found yourself accidentally agreeing to something that's different than what you thought you were agreeing to right. and not knowing how to get out of it. You know, we do it every day. I actually just recently had something similar. Um, I had like a Facebook acquaintance. I don't know this person. I, I haven't seen them in 20 years and we weren't friends then. We went to the same church, you know what I mean? And so we sometimes like each other's posts on Facebook. You know how it works. Mm-hmm. And they had one time just mentioned, oh, have you seen the movie Calendar Girls? And, you know, I was like, oh, no, I haven't. And I was, they were like, we should check it out sometime. And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. What you say in a Facebook conversation. Before I knew it, this this person was getting back to me making dates to watch this movie. And now how do I tell them I don't want to watch a movie with you? Yeah. I don't want to ever see you in real life because that's not the kind of... <laughs> We are, and I was right. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to get out of it. Who knows? They might be listening. No, she wouldn't be listening. And um, you guys aren't that type of friend. Yeah, you know. And I was. It was very awkward. It was incredibly awkward. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to get out of the situation, and I felt exactly like Lex. Like I, I don't want to go. All I have to do is say no. But how do Mm -hmm. I say no? Like how do I get out of this without hurting someone? And I kind of already agreed, but I didn't even realize it. And I did. I I eventually I yeah. ended up going. I I watched the movie. You went. I did. Oh my gosh, Liz! You are a better woman than I am. I even roped my mother into going with me. Thank God. Okay, good. All right. All right. Mama went with you. You're I was good. like, don't make me go alone. No, that you are you, such. No, I wouldn't have. I would have ghosted. I don't. I, I couldn't have. My anxiety would not have allowed me to do that. It so good horrible. on you. It was the buildup. It was all so horrible. Granted, when you got there, was it okay? Everything was fine. It was a lovely visit, but it was still awkward because I didn't know what to say to this person. And yeah, but yeah, it's so easy to end up in those situations, and you're just like, now, how do I tell you the truth? Now, how do I get out of this? I feel trapped now by it, you know. And Lex looks like he's in the front seat of that roller coaster. Like I've changed my mind. Like please stop this ride. And I don't know how to raise my arm and tell them that. And that's and that's the thing, you know. He he told everybody he's changing, you know. And I genuinely think he wants to be a better person Mm -hmm. uh, than who he was before. And I feel like you know he knows that Alice is a big part of that, and he doesn't want to let her down. There's so many, you know, factors to it. He doesn't want to hurt her. He doesn't want to let her down. He doesn't want her to think that he's just going back to how he was before. You know, and then there's the other side, the other hand of that equation, you know, the other friendship involved. Mm-hmm. So there's also that sense of emotional obligation to somebody who has helped you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen, yep. you know, we saw um, Bray go through it with Trudy. He felt emotionally obligated to Trudy because he had helped her. And he felt now he was stuck being responsible for her. Um, we saw Trudy go through the same thing with Dal. Dal had stood up for her. He'd had her back. He was yeah. like, I'll take you away. And she felt emotionally obligated to go along with Dal, you know, because of what he'd done for her. And so that's another thing. Alice was the only person there for Lex. What kind of person is he if he rejects her? Yes. You know, there's this obligation to be more patient and put up with more to you know cater to this mm-hmm. person because you don't you don't want to seem ungrateful for everything they did yeah. for you he might even feel bad that he's not attracted to her because he might thinking, yeah she's a great girl what isn't there to like about alice right 
but I just don't want to kiss her. Like, and I, yeah, feel, I might, he might actually feel guilty about that because yeah. what I isn't there Lex to is like? A lot about more it? complex. Yeah, I think he's a lot more complex than mm-hmm. we see. Uh, and I think the situation between them, you know, the three of them, like it really shows a different side of Lex that we haven't got to see before. He wasn't even this way with Zandra, really, mm-hmm. you know, where he wanted to spare her feelings. Um, I think he has a respect for Alice. And yeah, he's he's definitely worried about disappointing her and letting her down. It's just something that sticks on my mind, though, with this whole scene. We have, you know, the Bray side of the buildup, you know, Bray teasing Lex. But then we have the other side with Alice going to Trudy, of all people, for help on clothing. And Why can't everybody just see how scary Trudy is? she's scary it's the makeup it's the sparkles. it is the makeup it's the makeup it's her facial expressions it's everything everything well now that it's been revealed she's really letting the stepford wives thing hang out it is creepy mm-hmm. i do not like it but i love trudy but the scares mm-hmm. me poor chloe <laughs> i i did find that a little moment uh, funny though you know when you have the two of them playing at stores with the yeah, how would my madame like to pay? And it reminded me for a moment of Patsy and KC with their ice creams. Yeah, no, it was absolutely adorable. I like that little interaction, you know, but Trudy definitely. Yeah, the heebie-jeebies, but. Yeah, well, it caused, it caused you know, she, she, of course, had to do something that changed the tone. But, uh, you know, and then the magical thing of that wardrobe, you know, saying, well, Stuff of Zandra's. Oh, I wouldn't want to wear anything of Zandra's. And then they're looking through it, and there's magically two dresses, two lovely outfits in Alice's size. Oh well, yeah. Do you know how ra- do you know how rare that is? Don't you know that Trudy is a master or master seamstress? She stitched mm, that stuff together so quickly, you didn't even know. Yeah. It's like that they just had that inclusive moment and didn't comment yeah. on it mm-hmm. because yeah. yeah. You're right. The reality is that it would have actually been very difficult to find anything in a lingerie Mm -hmm. shop that would have fit Alice. Yeah. So I do like the fact that they don't make it a big deal. Alice wants something to wear and they're able to find her something pretty to wear and and find her more than one outfit. And I I actually really appreciated that considering how many times Alice does get pointed out for being different than the other girls. And um, for for me, it was more to... I mean, I've always been Alice-sized in that. So, for me, it was like, oh, wow, they, they actually found her outfits, and more than one. For me, that was just an uh, amazing out-of-this-world moment. You know, that that's how it felt to me, but that's because I always struggled with the same thing, of not being able to find anything in my size. That's why it was nice that they were, you know, yeah. it was just included, yeah. and it wasn't spoke of, and yeah. Why do you hate Trudy so much? I don't hate her. I just... I just don't like it when she bosses you around. You don't understand. She's helping me. To do what? Learn about the world. How to do things. I'm an orphan. I need all the help I can get. Well, I'm an orphan too, but I'm doing just fine without her help. Oh yeah? And what did you learn today? How to catch a rat? That's gonna come in real handy. Well, I'd rather be a rat catcher than Mummy's little darling anyway. Oh, go to sleep. Yes, speaking of Trudy and outfits, um, Chloe takes Jab at the new dress that Trudy has picked out for Patsy. But she does later apologise and tries to reconnect with her by letting her in on KC's rat secret. 
This backfires, however, when Trudy finds them in the sewers and scolds Patsy for getting her dress dirty. Later on, Patsy asks why Chloe hates Trudy so much, and Chloe explains that she doesn't. She just doesn't like the way that she's treating Patsy. But Patsy claims that Trudy's helping her, and she just won't listen to Chloe. See, so yeah, panel, how, what do you think of Chloe's attempts to get through to Patsy here? Still screams of childish jealousy. Mm-hmm. Like that, it's still what's motivating Chloe mostly. It's not so much the way Trudy's behaving; it's that Patsy is cool with how Trudy's behaving and is still spending all her time with Trudy. Mm-hmm. You know, her first reaction to seeing them get dressed up, and it's she's jealous that Patsy and Trudy are doing the dress up thing, and she was left mm-hmm. out. So she takes a jab at what Patsy's wearing. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with what Patsy's wearing. Chloe even admits she doesn't really care what she's wearing, but she's just jealous that Patsy's spending all her time with Trudy. And it's a behavior that they wouldn't have liked in the past if someone was bossing them around like this. And so it makes her feel like you still prefer her over me, even though she bosses you around and acts like an overbearing mother. I don't like that. So I don't even think it's her trying to get through to Patsy to realize there's something wrong with yeah. Trudy. It's more just like, why do you prefer her over me? Why don't you want to spend time with me? Why are you always with her? I don't really want to spend time with her. You know, Patsy actually makes a really good point. Like, why did you leave the fitting room? Like, why did you run off? That wasn't very polite. She's like, well, I didn't want to be have to dress up. And Patsy says, no one was forcing you to. And that, again, just points out that Chloe is motivated by simply being jealous because nobody Mm -hmm. was forcing her to do those things. She just hated seeing the two of them together. So can't really say she's trying to talk, you know, you know, trying to make Patsy realize something's wrong or get through to her. She just wants her friend back, you know? I think the only moment she really does try to get that tiny bit, you know, get to Patsy, it's the final moment when... She just falls after Patsy, but you don't have to go with her. Like, it, it felt part jealous, but also part, you know, Trudy doesn't own you. Why are you letting her treat you like that? Why are you letting her boss around you around instead of hanging out with me? Especially because, you know, a little while ago before Trudy returned, these two girls were all about being done with people bossing them around. And that's really the thing. You know, Chloe can't reconcile being bossed around. So she's mm-hmm. one of the first, she, you know, she liked Trudy's attention too. She initially loved it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the minute she was like, oh, I don't want to do something that Trudy wants, but Patsy was willing to go along with it. That's what caused the frissure between them. Because yeah. Chloe could be a part of this little clinch if she was willing to let Trudy dictate everything she did. Chloe would never. No. <laughs> That's just mm-hmm. not in Chloe's DNA. And so there's also that problem of knowing that I could be a part of this if I just did whatever, you know, do if I did what Patsy was doing, I could be a part of it. But it's just not like I can't do that. I can't be bossed around. I don't like it. I've always been an independent agent. And Patsy's so she can allow people to boss her around. And that also causes that schism. She's eager for that. And Patsy's looking at her like, why don't you just it's not a big deal, Chloe. She's helping me. Mm-hmm. I need the guidance. I'm an orphan, you know? Yeah. And Chloe's like, I'm doing just fine on my own. But notice, it's really that she's on her own. That's what's really mm-hmm. bothering her. We were on our own together, Patsy. Remember? It was us. Yeah. The P tribe. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm stuck with Casey. And even Casey doesn't need me. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. M- meanwhile... 
Jack tries to get out of spying on everybody, but Bray and Danny insist that he's the only one who can do what is necessary, so Ellie suggests taking Dal for support. Dal however claims he's too busy, but when Selene and Ryan offer to help out on the farm, he storms off saying that he's not a slave to be ordered around. And yeah, how did you feel about Dal suddenly standing up for himself, panel? Oh, he's a bit neglected, eh? Oh, Dow. <laughs> Came out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. I was actually thinking a little bit ago, I'm like, was he even in this episode? And apparently he was. Mm hmm. Dow, like, oh, you guys notice me now? Now you notice me? As soon as you want to volunteer me still. for slave labor? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, and especially slave labor for Ebony. Yeah. Out of all people, the person who tried to, well, the person who bought him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's also the way they, they volunteer him. Like, I would have been annoyed, too, first of all. Like, when Dal wants help at the farm, he has to pull teeth to get these people mm -hmm. to show up or care that this is where their food comes from, right? But in this moment, Ellie just, he's watching Jack get treated like this. And he's staying out of it because I don't blame him. Jack has been a douche to him, so Jack's on his yeah. But then the way mm -hmm. Ellie... Ellie, the girl that Dal likes, but she doesn't see him or notice him or care about him, volunteers him for Jack's sake. And then when he says, sorry, I'm busy. And then like Ryan and Selene, like, we could take care of the farm. We, you could Again, they're pushing this person towards something and forcing them to say, I don't mm -hmm. want to. Okay. Is that what happened? Is that what you need to hear? I don't want to leave me alone. You don't get to just boss me around and move me like a chess piece wherever you want. I just thought their reactions were funny because they all look like, you mean you're not a slave? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, for real? Well, Dang, what I just thought you? I had to sign in shed around a spreadsheet. Yeah, that's what they wrote us for, right? Sign them out. I just love how uh, shocked they all look. Like, well, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Dal's got a different tone of voice. I never knew. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do feel bad for Jack and Iz, though. I cannot. Oh, yeah. It. I mean, he's like, but I, I don't want to, and I'm scared she's going to kill me. Yeah, but I I mean, I feel sorry for both of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally get why Dal doesn't want to. I, I just, you know, I feel bad for Jack, because Jack doesn't even realize right now how badly he's treating Dal, because, you know, he doesn't think about those things. <laughs> That's not the brain he's using. Like, and then his girlfriend suggests he takes Dal, and you see that tiny glimmer of hope on Jack's face. Well, yeah, because he didn't, he wasn't going to be alone. And, and Dal is like... Dal's like, screw you. And I'm like, yes, that's right, Dal. Screw him. Yeah, Dal, you tell him. He wouldn't do mm -hmm. anything for you, for Pete's sake. You got beat up, and he didn't even check on you to see He didn't. He was mad Dang. that Ellie checked in on you. I mean, like, screw him. Let Ebony murder him. Just go do your thing, Dal. Whoa. I'm just saying, Dal has every right to feel that way. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying I want Ebony to murder him. I'm just saying okay. Dal's allowed to feel that way. All right. I was going to say this is the second character you said should die. <laughs> yeah, beware. She has a hit list. It's not me. <laughs> you say that now, but you do say that, but yeah. Hmm. But actually, Maggie, you make a really good point. <laughs> when that scene comes up, you're like, "Oh, hey, Dal, I didn't know you were yeah! on the show." <laughs> I watched the episode five minutes before, like, I finished it five minutes before we started recording. 
And I still didn't remember that Dal was in this episode. So You don't even know he's at the table till Ellie points him out. It's so That's sad. Aw, oh, poor Dal and Carlin isn't here to defend him today. He's a great supporting, supporting actor. He's a good extra. <sighs> don't worry, though. Carlin will give you some love next time. I was like, I'm sick of all of you. I should let you starve. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's the best part is he feeds them all. In fact, I swear, uh, Danny and Bray, the way they're looking at Dal is as if they forgot he existed as Dal. <laughs> like, oh. oh. Oh, yeah. It's almost like Dal's using a time turner and they didn't realize. It's like Hermione, yeah. When did you get here? <laughs> they, they, they should be so grateful the boy doesn't poison them all. Oh man. At least, you know, bad. It's a good thing he's not vindictive. Yeah. They're so Mm -hmm. lucky. Val doesn't hold a grudge. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think he's starting. Because think Mm -hmm. about it. He controls the food. He could be making personal deals out there in the city for himself. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't. He just does his job and brings food. Yeah. No one checks in on him, you know? Because he's a good boy. He's a good boy. He is a good boy. (laughs) I mean,. Bob's gone, but at least we still have Dal. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say that Bob got more recognition than Dal, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He, he did. He did. Yep. He got more still lines. does. <laughs> he got more lines. More close-ups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a sad note. <laughs> oh. You've got a real nerve. You know that? You're telling me you didn't love me, and you didn't hate me either. Or maybe you just cared about me. Just a little. You know, just this much or else you couldn't have gone through with it. I mean, what is that? Is that supposed to be some kind of compliment? I was trying to be honest with you. Honest? Well, since we've been so honest, let me tell you something, honestly. You hurt me. Do you understand? You, you sleep with me, then you kick me out like someone wanted pet. It was different then. You were with Zandra. Oh. oh, I see. And, um, and that makes it all right, huh? You know, you should listen to yourself sometime. I was crazy about you. You knew that. So don't you dare tell me I'm hurting Alice. Because I wouldn't treat anyone the way you treated me. I wouldn't treat a dog like that. So when Ty Sand finds out that Lex said nothing to Alice earlier, she confronts him. But Lex, however, counters by saying he's not as cruel as her, sleeping with him for the good of the tribe without considering his own feelings. He explains that she really hurt him, and after some angry back and forth between the two, she tearfully apologizes. And moved by this, he comforts her with a hug and they do actually kiss. So yeah, panel, what did you make of the back and forth scenes we see going on between them and the end result? I felt it. Okay. I'm I'm gonna put my shipping pants away. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm on it. I like I All like right. this. <laughs> this is one of my favorite arguments ever written on the show. Um, yes. It really captures so the way we emotionally change through an argument when someone makes we like we have a point, like we have a point of view, and we've reasoned it, and we shout it at the other person, and then we're like, okay, I've got the upper ground, and then the other person takes time, and then they think about what you said, and then they start chewing on that, stewing on it, coming up with their mm-hmm. defense, and then they come back at you, and that that throws you off your your game, you know, you're off your rhythm, mm-hmm. and then you need a little bit of time, and then you think about, it. and I just love how that back and forth happens till we finally get to this place where it's just like blah 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 blah, you know, like I love 
how this argument progresses mm -hmm. from. Yes. They likely started this argument not even looking at each other that way. And then yeah. through the argument, they each make these points that completely alter the way yeah. each person is thinking about the other until you finally come to this place in the end. And it just felt so organic. And I got goosebumps. Damn. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it was so good. One of my favorite gotcha like couplings I've yeah. ever and seen. And Caleb and Michelle nailed it. Absolutely <laughs> nailed it. Their chemistry on screen yeah. is amazing. These two are my Chandler and Monica, okay? Yeah. So that is a surprise yes. I didn't see coming. And, and who knew it would work this well? You see that instant, you know, that moment on Lex's face when he sees her face. Mm -hmm. and he, you know, and it's it's instant. Like, there's no other reaction other than, oh, my God, you know, and he's instantly soft and he's instantly there to comfort her. And it is incredibly organic. And I think that's the best part. Mm -hmm. You know, you see Tysan fighting these feelings. Now we know that these are these feelings, right? Dude, you can see the moment like, she realizes she's yes. having the feelings. Yes. The minute Lex mm -hmm. was like, I was mad about you. I was yes. crazy about you. Look at the way she stares at him. Like, it never even occurred to her to think about his right. feelings. Because at that yeah. time, she wasn't considering anyone's feelings. Not even no. her own. And in no. that moment, when he says that to her, boom, you knew he hit a nail on her. Yeah. Yes. And she sat with her. <sighs> That realization. Oh my God. He was, and he was so, so right to finally call her out on that, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was, you know, beautiful. and you can hear the pain, you know, in his voice yeah. as he's, oh, I felt it, every bit of it. It's like he's done so many crappy things, but he hasn't played with hearts the way she did. I don't know if that's fair. I wouldn't say that's a fair well, assessment he's either. He's played with okay. just as many hearts, if not more. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say that's it. What he did to Zandra was far right. worse, they're I on think. The same, they're on the same playing field for people they've messed yes. with. Yeah, and I think their that's why it works so well. Yes. Their <laughs> motivations may have been different, but they pulled, have pulled the strings of the same amount of people. Yeah, and I feel like that is why it works so well between the two of them. You know, they are on even playing ground. You know, they're on, they're on an even field, right? Um... And I, they're like two sides of the same coin. I think this is my favorite buildup. Yeah, this is my favorite buildup to a relationship in the show by far. Yeah. It is the one that makes sense to me. Every bit of it makes sense. Yeah, I love it too because um, it's not one of those relationships where, oh, I liked it when I was younger because either I sh just shipped him or I had a crush on someone. Right. Bad boy legs. It's one of those relationships where, like, even as an adult revisiting it 20 years mm -hmm. later, I still think it's one of the most well-written relationships, one of mm -hmm. the healthiest functioning relationships yes. between uh, two people. And it still holds up after all yeah. this time. I'm like, holy yeah. crap. There yeah, was because nothing. we absolutely knew that Lex felt for her some type of mm -hmm. way in season one. You know, you yeah. could see it. He would have given up everything with Zandra. If Tysan would have, he just wasn't mature. He wasn't mature enough yet for an actual right. real relationship. Right, and she, uh, and yeah, she wasn't exactly. there either. You know, no, and no. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it's such a great moment. I could sing its praises all day long. I love long. it, and it's a yeah. great and surprise. I, it's a great yeah. surprise. Yeah, because you don't know up until really, you know, this point that Tysan is not just fighting, you know, her her feelings with Alice, and you know, and, and Allison's, you know, Alice's feelings in regards to the situation. She's also fighting with her own. In regards to how she feels about Lex. And it probably very well was that moment when he said what he said to her. Where she realized, this is what I'm fighting 
you know, inside she had to, myself. She had to chew over what he said to her. Yeah. She had to think about it. Because that's the best part of this mm-hmm. argument is that every time one of them hits the other, they have to sit with it. Yeah. And it's what shifts their thinking and how that's how they have their realizations. Like, think about it. When she first comes at him, he just says, fine, I apologize, whatever. But after he sits on it, he's like, wait a minute. I shouldn't be apologizing to her. No. Where does she get off saying this to mm-hmm. me? And he, yeah. he, his whole point of view comes back. And suddenly he starts talking about how he used to feel about her and how she, what she did to him. And, and it's how so good no to finally to hear judge him. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he wasn't in that state of mind until she said what she said. Yeah. You know, and then so he comes back at her and she's shocked and she has to yeah. sit with that. And then she comes back. With the and and when she finally breaks, I'm sorry, you were right. She hasn't. She's run out of defenses. She's had yeah. That's it. Realizations and it's just like he has I'm, completely, I'm, you know, stripped her naked of everything like, that oh was, my God. you know, <laughs> blocking. And mm-hmm. it is. It's so beautiful. It is so beautiful. That kiss. Yes. Oh my gosh. The lighting, the body language. Yes. The, mm-hmm. it. the way that he grabs the back of her head. Oh. Uh, uh, you go, yeah. Lex. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> Bray and Danny could never. <laughs> never. Woo. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was beautiful. That was stuff, beautiful. Yeah. The body it. It language, was great. everything. Well written. The you know, well directed. Mm-hmm. The actors played it beautifully. Yeah. That was some gorgeous chaos creating mm-hmm. the universe kind of moment. Yep. Just- and it was. It was bringing it full freaking circle. You know? It wasn't some random coupling. Like, this is something that... For shock value. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I mean, it was there, and it needed to happen, and it's so good, and I'm glad that there was a little bit of buildup, even if people didn't realize that's what we were building, too. This moment is so good that for a split second, you completely forget that Alice about is Alice. in this. Yeah, yes. that's how good yes. it is that you forget, oh, no, Alice. <laughs> Yes, exactly. You forget she's getting completely screwed mm-hmm. over right now. Yep. <laughs> By yep. the one and for that moment, you don't care. Best friends. Yeah, By the you two know. people she cares about so much outside of her sister. That's how mm-hmm. good this moment is yeah. that in it, yep. you forget she exists. And they literally just reminded you she exists because there's a shot of her, you know, laying in her bed, still daydreaming mm-hmm. about Lex, Yes, even though it's about dawn mm-hmm. time. To Dawn's about to break and Alice is still awake, dreaming about her date. And then we return to Lex and Tysan. And even though they just reminding us, reminded us of Alice, I've already forgotten her. Yeah, same. Sorry, yeah. Alice. Sorry, it's nothing absolutely, but that that's such, it just makes it such a good story, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's going to be good seeing how they work through all of this going forward, regardless of the unpleasantries and the discomfort, you I know? Also, mm-hmm. I also think it's a smart way to do a love triangle because, yeah. now I don't personally like love triangles but they can be done well and this is a good example of it because at the end of the day neither lex or tysan sought out to screw alice over right like you never get the sense that this was just these two being jerks and alice came into the middle of it you know yeah Um, you can you can relate to what happened and how it happened and so it doesn't feel like alice was just a speed bump on the road to tysan and lex's love no where a lot and if, of the- you know, and Alice adds a lot more to it as well. You right. know, it's not just some crazy love story between two kids anymore. And it's also not some like obvious, like, oh, we knew from the beginning that Lex was right. get into it, but they involved Alice just to screw her over. It's never obvious right. how this is going to end. 
until no. it does. And then you're like, whoa. Right, because everything we've seen of Tysan so far would indicate that it's not going to end the way that we think it is with them kissing, with them, you know, confessing their right. love and ending up in bed together. We expect her to side with Alice. Even Lex hasn't shown any interest in Tyson. Yeah. You don't know. Neither of them know this is where it's going. Nobody knew this was I mean, Lex hasn't shown any interest aside from the usual that he does with a lot of the women. You know I, what I mean? Uh, but having him bring all that back up and knowing that he's been thinking about this. He's been thinking about the way that she heard him since she did it. The characters were all allowed to develop relationships independent of each yeah. other before it became a triad issue. Yes. So it's like Alice and Tysan had a complete relationship that had nothing to do with Lex. Mm -hmm. Same way yep. Lex and Alice had a relationship that had nothing to do with Alice. And that's what makes it a good triangle. They just converged at this point. Yeah. And... um. Yeah, it's just brilliant and you can relate to everyone and you can even feel some sympathy for everyone in it, you know. And yeah. I mean, I tend to hate people hurting Alice, but in this case, yeah, I get how it happened. I mean, it sucks that someone's going to get hurt, right? you know. Mm -hmm. And I think all of them get hurt in a sense. Yeah, I, they all I lose think it breaks Tysan's heart to, to hurt Alice, you know. They all lose something. Le yes. Like Tysan and Alice's friendship is never the same after right. this. And yep. neither is Lex analysis, yep. you know, like there are consequences, but you never feel like anyone truly deserved the consequences. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not like, yeah, screw you, Lex, you lost Alice as a friend. You know, you're not happy about that. You're not no. happy that she and Tyson have lost that bond that they had formed. You, you genuinely feel sorry that it had to go this way. Yeah. You know, something beautiful came out of it, but it still sucks that a dear friend was harmed. Yeah, it does suck that there was collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess it depends on my mood, how I look at it. <laughs> That's just... You know, there are times when I totally understand how everything happened, and there are times I could be so, so mad on Alice's behalf. <laughs> just because, you know, these are the two people she sees as her friends. And... Right, and, and I would probably agree with that if, you know, it was done in a malicious yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, and it, and and it wasn't. But from her point of view, yeah, I can, I can see why she's hurt and she's oh, angry. for sure, for sure, yeah. she has every right to be hurt and she has every right to be angry and she has every right to feel betrayed by those you know yeah. that are supposed to be close to her. Um, I'll never discredit Alice's feelings. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's like Tyson and Lex. Their crime isn't that they fell for each other. Yeah, their no. crime is how they handle it after. Exactly. Exactly. That's the crime. It's, yep. You can't help the fact that, you know, Lex isn't in love with Alice. There's no crime. He, he, he's like, he doesn't have to be. It's not his fault that he didn't <sighs> return her feelings, you know, and uh, it's not his fault that he and Tyson realized, oh, my gosh, this spark that we started a long time ago mm -hmm. just caught an ember. Yeah. You know, we weren't expecting that to happen. That's not the crime. It's the crime of how they don't just come clean yeah. afterward. Mm -hmm. and yeah. 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 You know, that's what Alice definitely has the right to be angry about. Like, you guys sat on this and did this behind my back. Uh -huh. And that's you know? exactly it. Yeah. It, yeah. It wouldn't have been pretty if they told her immediately. No. You know, and I even understand why it's hard for them to do it. But at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's like you made it worse by trying to protect her. <laughs> you made it a lot worse, guys. Lies of omission can be worse. Far worse than being mm -hmm. just outright and honest. 
that I'll always love this moment. Sorry, I'll always love this moment. It was so good. It was so good. The way that Lex looks at Tyson. Oh, Oh. my gosh. You guys Mm -hmm. are flattering. Yes. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Everything about it. And this is what I'm saying. You can tell when the writers are on board with the shit Uh that they are portraying. Because the passion is in the cinematography. It's in the writing. It's in the directing. It's in that lighting. And it's like, they didn't give us to Bray and Danny. No, because there's no substance to Bray and Danny. They tried. (laughs) You have to ask yourself why. I don't even think they tried. I will say the most they tried was when he he stalked her and watched her sleep and then confessed (laughs) to these random (laughs) feelings, okay? I don't know if they tried at all. close as I will. That that is as much credit as I'll give them. See, I wanted to give them credit and just blame it on the actors not having chemistry, you know? But when when you get to a scene like this and they remind you, because we haven't had a great kiss in a long time. No. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Celine and Ryan have had some sweet moments, you know, where the camera, you know, there's passion behind the directing of those scenes for them. But it's been a long time since we've had what I'd call the Bramber kiss. It's been a long Mm -hmm. time. And the fact that they were able to recreate something as amazing as that, that we weren't expecting, tells me they, it's almost like they purposely dropped the ball with Bray and Danny. Because you clearly could have done it, you just didn't. I think that the Lex and Tysan, I think it's better than the Bramber kiss. Absolutely. It is I, it, I think it is so, it's I so much better. better. Like um, I it enjoyed it so much more. It's a little more mm-hmm. mature, I suppose. Is yeah. What I would say. It's a little more steamy. There's this actual sexual mm-hmm. energy to it. Yes. I like, still love Rain. It Amber's makes sense. Kiss. Oh, me too. Don't get me wrong. I am absolutely, you know, you know how I feel. But there's, there's an extra dimension it, to this like. Is, it's this definitely is, a better mood up. Yes, yeah. this is something that I'm like, okay, we're here. We're freaking here, guys. It's yeah. time. Let's just put it this way. One of them I find is just plain old romantic, and one of them I find erotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Which is suitable for Lex and Tyson, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know. For both of them. Like, ooh, okay, one of them is incredibly steamy. One of them is just like hearts and flowers and just lovely. Eyelashes. And, and one of them I'm just like, shut the door. <laughs> Wishes and, you know. We're destroying the furniture tonight. <laughs> like, come on. You already knew where this was going. <laughs> we all knew. <laughs> that brings Series 2, Episode 38 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. If you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for Episode 39. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.